And you used to eat fast food. You were like top three. Shit, nigga. Are you checkers? A Whopper with cheese. <laughs> A with oh, you about a with Checkers commercial? was the shit. A motherfucking uh, what do they call the shit? Are we recording? No. no. Yeah. yeah. I got fired on seventy first in Stony Island. Matter of fact, right over by you. Some funny I shows. opened the Checkers on seventy first in Stony, right on the uh, train tracks. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah. You know it's a Starbucks now. Right? I know. Yeah, I know. It broke my heart. I ruined it. I stole like a thousand dollars in burgers yeah, out of that talking. shit when I left. <laughs> He talking. <laughs> Niggas always want to steal. Have He's, you noticed? I can hear. Can I had about a motherfucking cookout. I, I sound distant. Right. Let's I say something. Burger right. was I was shit. at Jimmy John's oh, in Philly. Perfect. I swear it was getting robbed when I walked in. It was me, my own. You met the nigga ass nigga. we went in there. One one in the morning. We're in Philly. Going to Jimmy John's. It's like six niggas in there giving away <laughs> cookies and shit. It's like, are they robbing this motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, that's dope. You want a sandwich? Like, six yeah. niggas you giving away cookies. Fuck them. All right, so this is a special episode. Yo, introduce yourself. What? This is Cole Facts from the 80s. Yo, y'all can call me Thousand, Southside Chicago, former New Yorker, back doing a guest appearance, cameo, all that shit. All right. We got Inspector J. I'm here to represent the strategy game. All right, bet. And we got... Oh, you know me. It's AD all day in this motherfucker. Glad to see my ad bros uh, here, representing live, breathing, doing well. Can I say something real quick? Say it. So I've listened to a couple episodes, right? And you all are very articulate and, you know, smart and all that (laughs) shit. I just want to say, since I'm here... And since I'm quote unquote a founder, yeah, I'm gonna curse. Curse. I'ma say nigga, motherfucker, shit, <laughs> pussy, do dick fuck to. damn, whatever I wanna say, I'm dick gonna say fuck and damn. It's a very special whatever episode. BFB. It's all good. I like it to be organic. Okay. You know, I think about it like, you know, during the week, you know, we we code switching all we do. week, right? We do. And we playing the game and wearing the mask. So here I'm gonna say what the fuck I want. One hundred thousand. So, do what you need. All right, thousand. All right. No, but that was a good Keeping intro. A thousand, you, that was a good you intro. You were Keeping it a thousand. Keeping it a thousand. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck it. Not a hundred. A thousand. Nah, we're gonna bring you up to the time. You keeping it a band though. A band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the young people say. You know, oh, a band around a thousand. Old nigga. Keeping it a thousand. Now, but I like what you said. You are the founder of Ad Bros. So I mean. How did you come up with this? How did you get the original Man, click you together? You know, I think, I think it just comes from what black people do naturally. Like, we, we have these conversations, right? And black people, you know, just, we all black. We all grew up with black folks. And there's always content, right? I'm sure individually we know cats who are fucking brilliant, but they never either had the platform or they were never in the right, you know, context to, like, really do what they were supposed to do, right? Yeah. Or what they could have done. Not let's, let's not say supposed to. Um, so you know, like we know comedians, we know motherfuckers who are mathematicians, we know entrepreneurs, we know all types of cats, right? Right. Um, so just having conversations, and we had conversations that, that were born in a text message, and then you know, just one day, just talking shit. I was like, yo, this shit should be a, a podcast. The guy wrote up some shit, but then you know. Uh, you, as a younger brother, you decided to actually make it happen. So that shit was dope. Yeah. And here we are today. I appreciate it. 
Salute, brothers. Salute. Salute. You know what I mean? All right, let's get Salute. into it. I mean, I think you already introduced the first topic. Um, just go off the rip, code switching. Because this is something that a lot, a lot of people do it every day. I feel like black men, we do it. Some women do it going to work. Sometimes you got to switch how you address people, how you talk to people. I mean, like, how many times anybody could jump in? Do you feel like you got to switch your code in a day? I switch mine every day. Because I, I work at a tech company that's more of a consultancy, right? That does a lot of quote unquote quasi advertising engagement, but they're all about data, right? But yeah, I mean, if you think about tech and you think about that culture, it's a predominantly white male culture. And the thing about code switching, you're going to naturally do it because your goal is to make sure that you don't make these guys feel like, I don't know, they're intimidated by you or they're yeah. threatened by you. But yet they feel like they have to be smart than you. So I have to code switch yeah. just to be able to communicate my ideas and thinking to these individuals. It's interesting you say that because when we code switch, we're making everybody else feel comfortable when we're supposed to be integrating as like coworkers, people together. And it's weird because sometimes you minimize what you would do. Well, let's talk about the code switching in relating to like what's going on with WPP right yeah. now, right? You think about so Martin Sorrell obviously created that ad network about 30 years ago by buying up all these other advertising agencies. Well, holding company, not ad network. Well, okay. Ad network, holding company. He the motherfucker with the bag. Right. Right. At the end of the day. Right. But it is a network of sister companies part of a holding company, right? Yep. So a guy like him don't have to code switch. He is the man. I mean, you know. He own the whole shit. He so own the whole shit. So well, the, the higher you but, go. But you know what, though? Right. I, I think, not to cut you off, That's but I think that he does, everybody has to play some sort of game. True. And code switching is a game. It's right? a natural human so thing. So even though Martin Sorrell was rich as fuck, mm -hmm. when he went to offices at Ford, or when he went to offices at Apple or wherever the fuck, like, you know, he had to kowtow and play a game. Even though he made $30 million a year, right? it's like you sitting next to a motherfucker that has made a billion. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's a there's a big difference between tailoring your game for the conversation you're about to have and really just changing your presentation, your identity to survive in the realm that you're in. And I think those are two different things. If you're trying to acquire business exactly. or acquire money, that's different from trying to be survivalist in your environment. And that's almost like, are we taking the level of changing our spots or are we just kind of like switching up what we say and what the, what the storyline is? I We're, think Coach, which is more about the environment surviving. Exactly. I believe that you're, you're, you're actually changing your language. You know, there's yeah. a movie coming out yeah. uh, starring Lakeith Stanfield called uh, Sorry to Bother You. Oh, you know? yeah, that shit is dope. And it's all about code switching. It's, yeah. it's literally about having yourself Using or changing your language to, to acquire success. People, white men, generally don't have to do it to that level. No. We have to become a totally separate person when you're in some environments as a black man, especially in corporate America. 100%. You have to become a completely different human. You know, and it's been written about, I mean, hell, Fences was about it. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the poem, We Wear the Mask, is about it. You know, we wear the mask that grins and lies, it hides our teeth and shades our eyes, right? So we do that every day. And I think millions of people do it, and we've gotten so proficient at it, we don't even know when we're doing it anymore. Right. I mean, but you mentioned a good point, AD. Um, WPP, 
that's been a conglomerate for a long time. Well, let's talk about why he stepped down. Because oh, he loved pussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Because he's, he's rich, and he's then he loved pussy. He's rich, <laughs> he loved pussy, and if you're rich, you're not used to no. That's true. That's true. So, Very true. Exactly. And so I'm happy he got fired. Fuck it. How long has he been there? 30 uh, years. 30 years. Since he started. It's started. time to go. Right. But and and, and, but and for nothing else, just for innovation. Just True. for innovation. Just for development exactly. of the company. Right. You, you've made fucking 30, 40 million dollars for the last, for the last whatever years. All right. You're done. Right. Yeah. But isn't the question really why now as opposed to just why? Because it's not, it's not just him loving pussy and all that shit. It's also a big part of just how agencies are going right now right. and where clients are going right now. Yeah. And are you the man who's equipped to lead that shift? Probably and if not. people don't think he is, then they have an easy excuse for why he needs to step down without even having to be about oh, business. Oh, well, guaranteed. St- they, totally. they knew that he loved pussy in 87. And they yeah. used yeah. that against him. And even for him, like he made like 70 million. Like One year he made like 99 million in 2015. Really? You're talking about euros. And then in 2016, wow. God bless he made 48 million. And advertising in itself is changing. And he has this old school mentality that they're saying, like, yo, it's almost time to go. It's almost like you got to know when to leave the bar. Like, if you got the bar too long. I love that saying. People people will, will remove you. End of the day. Yeah, he's paid. He I, like, I'm not shedding a tear get, for the motherfucker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thousand. So, all right. So, one of the topics out on the list I thought was pretty interesting because it's been happening a lot. So Sabrina Claudia is uh, recently came out it, that she got criticized over racist tweets. So apparently she set up a troll Twitter account where she would insult black women and light-skinned Latina women. So yeah, I mean- I what, Joe yeah, Budden and Maul was talking about this on their podcast. I have no clue who the fuck she is. Well, I mean- You know, I was going to say that, but her, I, I didn't want to sound old. Oh, no, no. I, I am I, old. Personally, I don't know who she is either. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the point of the, of the, the story point was- The point is what? Trolls? Trolls and like, what do you do when you find out a beloved celebrity has a dark past? Do we give them a pass? Do we give them a pass and be like, oh, that was an, that happened years ago? Oh, First off, whatever. We, who cares? Yeah, we I need to get off them. of the celebrity worship shit from the jump. What? Everyone is a human- Everyone takes a shit. Everyone has their own faults. To be surprised that motherfuckers is like human, right? That's our problem. Like I think you know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry, not to cut you. No, go ahead, go ahead. I actually, when when a motherfucker is too clean and too perfect, you can't trust it. Them. It bothers me. Yeah, like Obama. I want to. F- I love Obama first and foremost, but I want to find out that Obama did some fucked up shit he while he was cocaine, in office. Brother? Yo, I want. I want to find out ten years from now. That Obama has six hoes. Honestly, I don't. I'm I do. Like that. I'm the I opposite. Do. I think. I think Fuck ten it. years from now. I don't want to find out about him. Not about him. I believe that. I, if I. I don't. And, I want to. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe, maybe it's not ten hoes. Like I, nothing like that. But I just want to. Like I feel like Obama is almost so angelic. And yeah. it, it, like, I believe like, that we can be smart enough to not do dumb shit. When we have been given the gift that they have been given, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I I just I just believe like you know I understand Martin Luther King fucked around with mad women. Oh yeah, he did. I get it. Yeah, and I he still was, exalt him. He hey. was the most popular black but man for a decade. Can we not take the lesson of and apply it to us at this point and say, you know what? I am the president, the first black president. So let me not fuck around with these women for this period of time. But you, yeah, but keep you know your dick in your pants just for that period of or, time. Or 
let's let's take women out the equation. Sure, please. Right. I would love to see just Obama just really getting down and just being super neighborhood. Like in I a agree. way like cuz you he married to to Michelle. Williams. She, was, uh, she from the low end. Michelle yeah. Williams. You know Michelle yep. probably can fight. She could probably shoot dice. <laughs> I'm probably yeah. roll a blunt. Yep. I mean, yeah. Low end. Yeah. You know, but what you know what's interesting is that we're we're entering this era now, and it's probably the first time ever in which everybody has a digital record. Yeah. Every single person. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and That's we're going true. through the first growing by the time, by the way. Where you know, the, over the next three or four years, we're gonna see more and more public figures get famous and then find out what they did before they got famous digitally. Right. And right now everybody's putting their arms up like, Oh, I'm so shocked. And in three or four years, we're just gonna be used to it. Everybody's gonna have some shit they did when they were in middle school where they said some shit or in high school where they said some shit and everybody's leaving that trail. And so the, I think the question to me is what happens five or six years from now when everybody got some skeletons digitally right. and everybody's done something fucked up and it's kind of like, well, are we all going to be all- oh, To your point, Inspector J, um, I mean, most people just going to forget. Like, you can't remember the last thing that Trump said two days ago, can you? That's a wild nigga, bro. That's my point. Trump, wow. But that's my point of a troll. A troll say a lot of things to keep you engaged, knowing that the more and more shit that they say, the more you can't remember what they fucking said. So it's going to be a, a culture of just not giving a fuck? It's a culture you just can't remember we're gonna get all dis- the shit Basically, we're going to get desensitized to it, right. and it's just going to be normal. Right. And I think but- to... Uh, yeah, go ahead. It's also going like all right. So y'all know Dante Divincenzo uh, yeah. from um, he no. he was on uh, Villanova, player. right? Yeah. So like this motherfucker go, could go probably like not lottery, but like top twenty. Now his dumbass on Twitter probably about five six years ago when he was maybe seventeen eighteen, if not. Well, no, he's 16. in college now. So, so yeah, he's probably so they, thirteen, 15, 16, fourteen. He was saying some shit, saying some crazy shit, like balling on these shit. niggas. Like I'm Derrick Rose. He's a white guy. Yeah. First thing my mother does is call me a little shit. Yeah, your girl has a nice body, but her face is ugly as shit. Um, talking about faggot and shit like that. All on Twitter. When he was 14. And now he's going to be 19 going into the league. Just won a chip at Villanova. And the point is, should that affect this man's money is my question. No. Should that affect his ability to prosper at 21 and older is it my question. It shouldn't, but it could. It depend on the people who. Like, I mean, it probably won't. It won't, but it could. It's in the Skin news right now. It won't. It could, though. Yeah, but it, it, it just might be a thing where, like, the paradigm shifts is, like, everything is so out there right. and there's so much transparency that nobody gives a fuck. Right? So hey. you, you remember when Isaiah Washington said those crazy things by T.R. Knight, right, on the set of uh, yeah, Crazy Anatomy? Oh, yeah. He's been blackballed every since. Every since. But I don't think. Uh, no, nah, he has. It could be blackball. It, it could be nah, generational know, too. Definitely. That's what I was gonna say. It depends on who's in power too. And motherfuckers just might not like him. And like, well, that too. As a black man, I have a theory that this that I call the gift of Trump. <laughs> All right, and that means that this motherfucking idiot has taken us to such a low place yeah. that it has reset all ish, all all standards of norm and act in action. Yeah, I love it. You know, I go with it. I love Trump being president. Who gives a fuck? It gives everybody else the fuck. <laughs> it lets yeah. you know what he's the president America really deserves at this point. Yeah, it's like, true. Let you know where people stand. It, it's just like what's 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 my man Comey said. The the great thing about Trump being president, and I said this when he first got elected, is that it's going to be so fucked up and so stupid, where all of this shit is going to burn down. 
and that'll give an opportunity for something to to start to, over to baby. come from something better. Yeah. I mean, we it's, got a black president after Bush, and Bush wasn't that bad nah. in comparison to Trump. Start, yeah, so yeah. now it's a war. Now, honestly, honestly I, I, I disagree. You might get a Mexican as the next president, Bush. a Mexican American. Let's not regular. Let's know. not let's not what make Bush normal. Bush Weapons still killed probably ten times more than anything Trump has done thus far. I'm not I'm not denying you know? it, but I'm just saying that in Bush eight years now. you had a president who was kind of seen as a bumbling kind of idiot, idiot right. right? We were in a war that fucking Two. right. He wasn't overtly fucked up. Yeah. There was still a level of respectability yeah. at least that he, he still because I mean, his dad was this fucking clown. Right. Yo, it's not show artist. It's not funny than that cat throwing that shoe at Bush. That shit was hilarious. The shoe at Bush. But he dodged that motherfucker (laughs) twice. Twice. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. Yo, that shit was like. He fast. Yeah. He, that yeah. he does two shoes Yo. and without no kind of like practice. Yeah, but nigga, if I just took my shoe off and threw it at you right now. You might hit me. Yeah. <laughs> you might hit me. Because first you gotta calculate this. Yeah. Just threw his shoe at you. Yo, me. he was like, oh, nigga. <laughs> he does it twice. And it got, yo, and, I give him props. Yo, and, he had LeBron and, quickness. But yet yeah. again. And he kept talking. He kept talking. Yo, Trump did That's that? That's PR training. Yo, right but there. it goes back to elevating humans to yeah. beyond the level of humanity. Like, the president is just a fucking guy. Yeah. Why are That's we true. elevating him to, and that office to something, you know, because beyond humans, what he they are? Because humans need somebody to follow because we're sheep. Yeah. I mean, speaking of humans, technology, Inspector J, I think you said this too. Like, I mean... We're normalizing this digital footprint, which um, I was watching Vice News the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it, but they had this interesting um, topic in China um, since time, yeah. which is basically their AI company, facial recognition. I think they've given out more tickets, arrested more people based off of this technology. I don't know how Black Mirror always makes it into this podcast, but this is basically It's Black coming. Mirror. Yeah. And so I guess my question just throw it out there. How do you feel about the way technology is moving towards we're becoming more entwined with AI technology, face recognition, and we're giving up a lot of our freedom with it. China's basically proven that this works. So I right. mean, once you could prove I'm gonna let, theory that something works, let's, I mean, it's, 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 it's back to Jay's point of view, but I got a point of view on that. I do too. Yeah, so I mean, there, there are probably a few different ways to think about this. Um, so I think right now, the way I'm thinking about it is really economically driven. Kind of to begin with, because I think, and I was talking to AD about this before we even did the podcast, right? So, so, so many people right now are basically putting their trust in AI, putting their trust in technology, but all that stuff has to be built, and it's built with biases. And people are basically just assuming that because something is AI or something is automated, that makes it automatically better than if it had human intuition. But what they don't really think about is is whether or not the bias that's built in is benefiting them or benefiting a different service. So we were talking about it from a financial standpoint. Like some people are investing in these robo advisors, for example, and they're thinking that their financial portfolio is better if you have an AI judging it or running it. But it's like, well, is that benefiting you or the financial institution? And so I think as we think about all this stuff with technology going on right now, I just think a lot of it just has to do with people getting more intelligent about what is this thing ultimately serving? And if you believe that a certain technology serves a public good in such a way that it's more useful for the public good than for yourself, yeah. you, know, you might be in a world of hurt later, 
But I think people just generally just need to educate themselves on how are these algorithms built? What do they serve? Who do they serve? And I guess that's my, my overarching standpoint. Well, I mean, look, another thing we need to consider too, right? That a lot of people just don't know the historical, um, I guess, uh, beginnings of what we call now the internet. The internet came from this project called the ARPANET, which was government-led after World War II, right? And the whole intent behind that project was to create a worldwide surveillance um, technology that the government can use to spy on anybody, right? Especially because the rise of quote-unquote communism, right? At some point, long story short, ARPANET became what we call the internet because this guy by the name of Steve Wolf or Stephen Wolf. He helped to privatize the shit. What a, you know, telecommunication companies and some tech companies that I won't name. And at some point, the privatization of the ARPANET becoming the internet was subsidized by the United States government, right, to basically privatize this shit. Yeah. And by turning into a, a business making platform, it has always been about profiling people from day one. So the, this idea of what China is doing now in terms of profiling people. It's work, not new, basically. It's nothing new. Yeah. That the whole internet was set up with that premise in mind. And that's why I was telling you guys got to check out this book called Surveillance Valley. It talks about that. I was going to say that we have willingly given away our privacy. Yeah. I, I was listening to Jeremy Rifkin the other day, and he yeah. talked about, I, we, were, we talked about his book, two yeah. of them. Love his book. Yeah. Um, and reading um, the, the Zero Margin of Cost Society, where he talks about how moving forward, generations will have, will, we will further just, just forfeit privacy. And that has started in, with the internet and started with, with its, you know, with Facebook yeah. and, and those t sorts of, of platforms. Yeah. But AI will further that. But I also feel that AI can be a good thing. I believe, it could be. well, it depends yeah. on who's modeling it yeah, and training exactly. it. As Inspector said, we have to be, we have to have a seat at that table so that it won't that it won't yeah. be trained to be and carry the biases, it's true. biases that come along with humans. It's true because I do believe that there oh, is a super intelligence yeah. that will be far greater than what we could ascertain in, in, in our brain, yeah. and and that will hopefully then to start to say all of the biases because I'm not talking about racial biases or even sex Any sex biases, mm -hmm. financial bias. Yeah, why are we using plastics? Why are plastics not illegal at this point? Because oil. Is why is is it's it's, it's embedded in the economy of yeah. plastics, you know. So the fact is that that's a bias that I would hope either base AI, super intelligent AI, or deep learned AI would be able to figure out and say, no, we're not going to replicate that moving forward. But so who's I look controlling the AI? Well, I like that you said that it's going to be learning and moving forward because actually something else that was in uh, Vice was China actually started a company called Skynet. So basically, same thing. They literally call it Skynet. Yeah, the company is called God, Skynet. It's crazy. Um, Shit. Security cameras. It's called Skynet? Yeah. You could Google it, bro. Uh, <laughs> like basically, I'm just reading it off their website. The security cameras use facial recognition to identify each person. And basically, a description includes all your details, all your data, age, gender, clothing, color, all that stuff pops up because in China, basically, when you're 16, you're given um, a national ID and all your data is storage. But I think that's important. Yeah, it's like the social security. Because 
It brings us back to what it brings us back to what Colfax was saying and what our media guys always deal with and talk about is data. It's like once you have all this data stored, mm-hmm. what do you who has it? Who's do what are you doing with it? Right. Are you using it for good, Can using I it for bad? It's all for profiling. Well, okay, pro- none of you guys say profiling it's for and profiling. targeting. It's targeting. It was that was the intent of all this technology in the first place. Yeah. But at for some sure. point you have too much data. You do. Yeah, like what, what are you going to what, what, what is you Cambridge Analytica going to do with 85 million pieces of or individuals data? We sell it. Do we but, sell it? But but okay, I buy it. I can't create a what am I going to create a specific Ad media, yeah, you can for each person. You can, you can, but you most likely won't. No, I'm not having eighty-five million as a creative director. I'm not having my team create eighty-five. You're million not doing that, but Facebook did that. Absolutely, it's called dark AI ads. Can do, yeah, no, it's called dark ads. They create using all that profile yeah, data mm-hmm. from Facebook. Cambridge Analytica literally created dossiers of all these people, and these guys sold that too. Different um, political guys, specifically the Trump campaign, mm-hmm. and these guys create ads specifically for cold facts. I thought they sold. I it just want to make. I just want to make an industry point really quickly because yeah. I think it's really important since we're all here, we ad bros, and we're talking about from an industry perspective, right? So Colfax said, as a creative director, I'm not going to have my team creating all these different units in this. Oh, the team is gone. Oh, the creative team is old. Yeah, tell it. But Bye-bye. but but let's talk about the trend that we're seeing right now. Yeah. We're seeing, we used to see the offshore and the near shore and all that shit deployed for technology, right? Right. We're deploying it for development. Mm -hmm. We're seeing more and more of that shit for ads. Right. People in Costa Rica, people in India who are just making ads. Yeah. They're not even dealing with creative director. They're not dealing with nothing. You have your team coming up with, with, you know, the overarching message. Then you got 30 people in in, uh, Costa Rica Buy who are just shit. making the baseline? They're not even thinking about creatively. They don't they're just care. Assembly line and the they're shit just out pushing of out a message, and that's yeah. happening right now. Yeah. So, if we think from an industry perspective, that ship has already sailed to a certain right. degree. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, display ads. That's how motherfuckers make money. Google don't make ad make money running campaigns. They make money off selling search, which is the advertising. It's a display ad. This player has always made more money than campaigns. Campaigns are sexy, right? It's real sexy. But that shit, in the grand scheme of all this shit, they don't need that. They don't. Yeah, man. And and just from a targeting standpoint, like, the shit gets really deep. Like, you got, like, lookalike models where they actually create an audience that replicates you. So it might not necessarily be AD or... A, a thousand but there's certain people that have specific characteristics and they dig really deep to figure out okay this is not him but these are people like him like him archetypes and, and, exactly and the, thing, and the thing about it is like human beings are not really that complex right nope. it's like everybody really kind of fits into a category right. or two like there might be some overlap or yep. whatever right but in all of the eight billion motherfuckers on Earth, yeah, it's probably about twenty-five archetypes. I'm just throwing that number. No, out you're about there, right. right. But it, it, we all got, we all have the same motivators. We all have like certain things we like. There's, we all fit into these buckets, right? So with all of that massive data and those different data points and touch points, like they can basically cut all that shit up, pull different cohorts together. 
you could basically say, shit, just from the fact that you got, what, six brothers in here, right? We're fitting into an archetype, right? Everybody yeah. here is between 27 and 42 and fucking make X amount of money, do whatever, travel, all like whatever. Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, like, we are. Wu Tang, contextually, yeah. yeah. I mean, you had Wu Tang. You got this cohort of brothers. You had J Cole. Yeah, it's like yo, like graphically, like motherfuckers in here are gonna listen to J Cole. They might like Atlanta. They might motherfucking read Monocle magazine, right? Like, there's all these different things (laughs) that this cohort has in common, right? Right. And yeah, if you produce a TV spot to target these folks, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But okay. if you create a fucking collection ad on Facebook, you can hit nine fucking buttons right. in the interface and target all of these all of this, this cohort mm-hmm. in the yeah. United States. Yeah. But it's I mean, easy. It's smart. I mean, that's, as fuck, I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting point. We talk about data. The number one reason why it exists the way it does and why it's so powerful. It just reduced the cost and effort to do shit. Right. So, exactly. yeah, yeah fingerprints. Manpower. You can always track somebody by their fingerprints if you wanted to, right? We've had that for decades. Yep. The ability to identify somebody by their fingerprints. We didn't even need the facial recognition to do that. But it reduces the effort and cost of tracking somebody down. But the thing that's crazy about it is, and this is why, the reason why, number one, it's not cool to not know shit. And number two, the reason why we can't let this stuff make us stupid. <laughs> Right, is because the real question is as we go forward, what is going to be illegal? And that's the thing right. that is to me more important than, you know, like I said, we've had fingerprints forever. Yeah. I mean, the last point I was going to make was um, I like what a thousand said, but do categories and archetypes get dangerous? Because, like, yeah. this Skynet thing in China is basically for fugitive apprehension. So, eventually, I think right now it basically predicts. If you're gonna do a crime based on your archetype, Minority data, Report, Minority Report, yeah. and they've arrested, and that I shit think, is around for real. I think they arrested three thousand people yeah. so far. I, you know how that type of stuff works, right? It works off historical um, data from police departments, real estate, and um, obviously, you know, the, the market. Yeah, so you can literally so, predict so how crime is gonna Pookie, go down. Grew up in Brownsville, and he went to PS fucking whatever. 275. 275, <laughs> and he got <laughs> arrested two. twice before he was 15. More than likely, Pookie is fucked up, and Pookie <laughs> is going to be in the prison by 21. But, but, or, but that's why it and, gets and, dangerous. And, and, what it, and it drills deeper than that, because like now we have Pookie in some specific jail doing work for like a dollar a day and the big corporations still making money. God like damn. People talking about fucking Whole Foods. A Who you buck? think is doing that fucking, the, 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 the fucking groundworks and the fucking sharecropping and all that shit? God but damn. I mean, but that's why I say the archetype gets dangerous because what if Pookie from Brownsville gets a chance to go to St. John's University and starts nothing. working in media? Am that I Pookie? Means- uh, <laughs> yo, <laughs> Yo, chance means nothing. Chance means you got no, somebody. Chance, chance means a lot. It does mean a lot. So when I say it means nothing, chance is only as good as anybody who's gonna be your fucking advocate. So real quick, give me though, a, somebody gotta give you a chance. So let me give you an example. I was watching Boys in the Hood last night. I never noticed this before, yeah. but I don't know if you remember in Boys in the Hood. I remember everything about them. Right, at, right after they saw the dead body. And Ricky gave his ball to that dude, and they stole it. Yeah. And that dude looked at him and said, yo, little man, catch. I feel like that moment when he threw the football back to him, 
gave him the mindset and made him want to be a football player. Unfortunately, yep. Yep. Ricky got well. Watch the movie. But who ain't seen? Who has not seen? Boy, Yo, you ain't seen that movie. Hold on, hold on. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not seen the Boys in the Hood, from you're crazy. 90, 92. All right. So, but my wait, that came out when you were born. I right? I wasn't born in ninety one. I was born in ninety. That's the same year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, MC Hammer was out both years. Like, I was oh, born in eighty seven. <laughs> Damn. That's the same year. Fuck out of here. But yeah. nah, but nah, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause like that was that the, the thing I was trying to say is I feel like that chance and that moment yeah. made a difference. It did. But somebody gotta have be a somebody gotta be an advocate to give you a yep. chance. I think that's I true. think everybody who's had some level of success, especially if you're from, you know, an, an impoverished inner background, city. inner city, whatever the fuck. I think everybody has to have either a moment or a couple moments or person who basically shows you that like this ain't it. Yeah, true. And I know for me, for example, like I had a teacher uh, in fourth and fifth grade and she made a fucking world of difference to me. And she let me know it was it was a lot more than the south side of Chicago. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I think for me, it was just so much bad shit going on around me and motherfuckers wasn't advanced. And I was like, yo, dear. There gotta be something else. <laughs> You're a hopeful motherfucker. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about Seriously. it. Like, you, this can't be hope. it. I mean, I mean, what about God you, Colfax? Nah. What about you, Inspector J? Like, I mean, my whole story is given, has been given a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Coming from the south side of Chicago, Talk like shit. Thousand, I was literally plucked and provided an entree into advertising. Mm. I could have, there was an, an entirely different dimension where I was put into. The Chicago juvenile justice system, mm-hmm. because I got caught doing some wrong shit, and the person that caught me said, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna go that way. We're gonna go this way." That's and this deep. way ended up being entree into a black-owned ad agency at the time, the largest in the city. I worked for your ad agency, by the way. Worked for for the one I started after I was at the one that I started true, at. True, true, true. And when I got to that ad agency, there was a gentleman there that I ended up working for that was already doing things in Chicago yeah. that I respected, that everyone in Chicago respects, like Don C and Kanye and Virgil Abloh, all looked up to him, and I get to work for that cat? So now I am intrigued. That's the moment where Ricky gets the football back, right, in Boys in the Hood. And thus, I then go into various opportunities 20 years later, having started my own shop and sold it to which um, AD yeah. worked at and so forth, you know, and, and, and had all these other opportunities. It all started with the fact that someone said, little nigga, you're not going to go to Double E. You're going to go up here to Michigan Ave and work in this shop, even if you got to scrub the toilets. You like know that. what? I, I, ain't following, I ain't following that. No. Nah. <laughs> What about you, AD? <laughs> Yo, what was your chance? Say? I mean, I got nothing to say. That shit is. Dope. I ain't following that, man. Right. This killer. Yo, can I say? Go ahead, B. Yo, um, Colfax. Like the last time I hung out with him, I found he's some the oracle. Amazing shit. He's the like, oracle of this group. He's this the blueprint. <laughs> He's the blueprint. He's the oracle. Yo, he skipped kindergarten. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> My ass was still taking a nap. He did. This nigga skipped the motherfucker. It was a joke that we had. From I appreciate that. So, all right. Yo, man, that's a great way to end it. Shout out to OG. Finest, it's the OG podcast. All right. Join us next time. Never man. ran, never will. Join us. What was. Hey, no soft talk when it comes to telling the truth. All right.
Right, Salute. We got to end it. Bad bros forever, dude. <laughs> <laughs>